0: Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Glenvore podcast, the world's leading Glenvore podcast series, because by default we are the only one. However, uh, this is season three, episode 20, and I think normally when we hit 20, that's the end of the season. So if you're expecting fireworks or some big finale, um, perhaps not, but uh, hold on tight, you never know. So I've been a little bit tardy with this, uh, I have to say works pretty intense and I haven't been able to devote as much time as I wanted to uh, whiskey in general, uh, never mind uh, research of um, Inverness lost distilleries, but uh, have a little time. It's currently oh just before 9pm on a Saturday evening and uh, it's those um, beautiful Scottish evening where the, the light is still bright if it's a little nippy outside uh the lad is fast asleep and i have a little bit of tranquil time with uh, a long drink um a little bit of um american whiskey in iron brew just to help me along before maybe i switch on to something else but um actually just managed to do a logbook page and uh, we're into the 1960s officially uh, in terms of the logbook uh, not much longer to go if i'm looking at my images of it you know we really only have a few more pages and then it's done which in a way is a relief but also in another way it's uh, okay um you know that's a big void to fill but we have some distillery plans and things and uh, also Uh, just published uh, a whiskey review for one of the signatory bottlings so definitely a lot more uh, whiskey liquid themed reviews coming and thoughts and I also do have quite a lot of the um, Wickenly and Burnley uh, sort of blends um, from past decades to to go through and uh, I hope to do that in due course as and when life allows however today for the finale I've plucked out the next two on the website so we actually have a signatory uh, review which is ceramic which we will talk a little bit about the ceramic itself has a very interesting uh, history and debate and then we also have the logbook entry from the 23rd of march 1946 which is probably where we'll start now and uh we'll go through that so of course you know second world war pretty much concluded hasn't it um there might have been some band somewhere still fighting on but uh, this one is um from gilbert wp peterkin and uh, he talks about uh well we'll get into it actually but um you know it's amazing to me that nearly 80 years later you know this book is showing us new things shedding new light and um in terms of history you know 80 years ago is it's not that long but in terms of what we can, we've lost uh it's massive and uh you know hopefully um these um I was going to say refurbishment and revivals of renovations or whatever you want to call it, what we're dusting down here and bringing back to life, um, with my input and also uh, the kind words of Alan Winchester, um, I think just brings a whole new light on probably an era that's been lost and overlooked because nobody's really looked too hard, I suppose. But anyway, honourable sirs, to change in practice is being made by distiller at this Highland Malt Pot Distillery as a result of statutory rules and orders number 1588 of 1945, so that probably relates to some sort of war change, Uh, Brewing and distilling at the same time has not taken place, neither have they worked on a Sunday. So there, it gives us a little insight into the practices, you know. Clearly, you know, the distillery isn't working full pelt as yet, but um, they are looking to do something different. Invariably, the distiller has given notice to terminate the period after declaring the gravity of the lack to be filled back. No removal of wash to the wash charger other than immediate distillation took place and no wort was mixed. The practice of working on self-contained weekly periods with the usual break at weekends continued. So there, great insight into what they were doing shift-wise. The account in the distiller's warehouse, formerly Spirit Store, was balanced and the stack of spirits taken weekly as formerly. The allowance of a 11.2% loss calculated on the quantity of cast warehouse after racking plus remnant, if any, in cash, stock cask was found to be adequate, so they're happy with that. Uh, under the new regulations, revenue security was maintained, as always you'd expect. Indulgence granted by BO 47551-1923 now becomes obsolete, so that looks like a particular rule from, obviously, 1923. And it goes on to quote, allowed to convey warts into numbers one to five washbacks through the main wash main on condition. That's interesting because we know Glenvoore had more than five washbacks. So they're only using a partial number on the conditions. Okay, number one, that no wash is removed from washbacks to wash charger during the period, brewing period or that suitable cock with fastenings is placed on the wart pipe leading from the refrigerator to the wash main and that this cock is locked on close fastening when the wash is removed to wash charger during the brewing period. Uh, The distillery has now ceased work. Mr. John Burney, Managing Director, died last month, um, as we know, and there's a link in the article to that. Uh, The annual meeting of the company is to be held in June next, when the whole situation will be reviewed. Because obviously John Burney was a co-founder, Major influence on the distillery: its practices, its style. Um, I guess its efficiency and its practice. Yeah, the, probably the biggest influence on Glenn Vore is John Burney. So he is no longer there, unfortunately. Uh, until then, it is impossible to predict what changes in practice, if any, may take place under the new management. I am honourable service, obedient service, servant G.W. Peter King, officer at Inverness Two Station. Um. Uh, a little bit of note at the bottom from the commissioners of the customs and excise in london read the matters raised in this fail are being fully dealt with an amendment to the distillery instructions now in question mark of the preparation the surveyor should be directed that the number of this file 25826 stroke 17.4.46 obviously the date at the end is to be recorded locally and quoted when reporting any changes in the plant on working methods which are directly out of the new regulations um, so quite a lot to go there. Obviously, we have legislation, we have changes to working practices, the washbacks, which I mentioned, and the spirit store. Um, and the weekend's still being kept free, and obviously there was some concern that John Burney was there no more. Uh, a figurehead, a leader, uh, perhaps a calming influence and a, a cohesive element to the workings of the distillery was no longer there, although it has to be said. You know, John, from what we've shown in terms of newspaper articles and findings probably was spending less time at the distillery in his twilight years let's be honest you know he's certainly a keen golfer um cattleman and um bowling you know, a lot of things, curling, you know, so a lot of things to keep him busy and away from Glenvor. Um, but, you know, still a huge loss to the distillery. But as usual, I asked Alan Winchester his thoughts. And once again, you know, these really do bring things into perspective at a whole different level and a different angle of thinking of things. As I, uh, cheers, have a little drink. Okay, Alan's wise words. Here we see the practical changes made by customs and excise after the war. As some distilleries wanted to increase production, the shortage of building materials meant that this was impractical, and the Ministry would probably not grant them for distilling. I expect you will not see any production increase to pre-war volumes until about 1949, so we're still a few years away from, you know, getting back to where they should have been. Uh, The commentary for Officer Peterkin, he sounds like an old friend now, is enlightening, as he has requested to furnishing the working practices of the distillery. As we can see Glenvore has not decided to operate the new practices yet. The customs and excise granted the industry to start concurrent brewing and distilling. Hence the questions of the period are important as, if I interpret the old practice correctly, the wash had to all be distilled before the next brewing period. We would call that now the mashing period interestingly the lock between the warts cooler and the wash line this would develop to allow warts to be run at the same time but of course not out of the same wash back in the future the religious adherence to no sundry working indeed John's brother was the longest serving minister at the Red Kirk near fockabers indeed my art was more proud of him so obviously Alan has a family connection and you can see there's obviously a religious side to the family um, and uh, in many ways John probably might have been a little bit of a black sheep despite being highly successful because he dealt with um, alcohol. This would probably mean that they were not needing of two of the seven washbacks as we thought. So again, production increases. There should be the requirement again. Also, they may have used the wood for the repair of the other washbacks. Because obviously, you know, uh, if you're not using two of the washbacks, you need to make sure the wood is still kept in adequate um, Condition, i.e., you probably need to fill them with water and change it occasionally. If you leave them to dry out, crack, splinter, degrade, you know, you've wasted two washbacks. But as Alan says, and you know, I could be speculating that there's two washbacks went to repairs. John Shroeder may be beyond the period of them reporting all the mourners, but I wonder if any of the Green family attended very interesting and as his son William takes over which we know um, with hindsight they will be facing an industry that will go that will go for growth in the next few decades but William will warn about overproduction and of course William did and we have all the evidence of that and his words across the industry and across the world um in fact you know reported in newspapers that um getting ahead of themselves producing too much uh does that ring a bell in today's modern age i do wonder you know i i see more sales in my inbox prices cut clearly things aren't selling the way they were maybe a couple years ago Uh, we have the cost of living crisis we have it's more expensive to make whiskey more expensive to store it more expensive to buy it and we have less money and i think perhaps people are a little bit sick of chasing and Uh, probably a little bit like myself, are actually enjoying the art of drinking some of the stuff rather than having it on your mantelpiece, which isn't really what it's for at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see. But a really fascinating entry there. Um, And just, yeah, a historical moment with the loss of John and uh, some uncertainty as to the future. So we're going to move on to the other article I picked out, which was... um, Signatory Glenvore 16 year old ceramic this release is one of the ones that sparks a lot of debate, and I think from memory there were only Signatory only ever did two ceramics they did the 16 year old Glenvore and I think they did a 21 year old Port Ellen so that shows you potentially the high regard they had for Glenvor that they're doing alongside Port Ellen, although Port Ellen can be highly overrated as well. There was and has been a lot of talk whether these are legitimate releases. Um, we know that, um, shall we say, that the characters behind Edredour and Signatory, um, maybe a little bit of playful mischief. I've have said you know that in the past that um, they had nothing to do with these, but then again. Signatory have said they are legitimate, so y- you can find out this in your own way. But from what I can tell, nobody's actually really gone to the steps I did, and actually, I mean, I would love to sit down, obviously, um, and have a chat, really, and nail this down once and for all. But um, it's hard to pin down the, the, you know, the main people at Edredower. um I mean, they don't even have a shop anymore, and they're pretty much closed off. But. Uh, the general consensus is that these are legitimate and um, certainly you know there's never been any action to withdraw them or to challenge them when they do appear i think even the glenmore exists as a 5cl which is classic signature you know they would often do uh, ceramic and you know they would do a bottling and they would do a smaller miniature as well so that's definitely their trait and as as you know if you're going to fake something Why a 16-year-old Glenvore that's watered down? You know, you could stick anything in gold on the front of that ceramic. Um, And I have to say, opening it, which we did on a a live presentation on Instagram, which the link's in the article on the website, you know, good seal, good quality, always haphazard when you're opening ceramics. Nine out of ten times the corks dried. This one, it hadn't. It actually came out completely. It had degraded. It had shrank but it still did its job, and um, in that footage, you can see me pouring it into uh, a sterilized bottle, and I think literally apart from maybe one pour, one dram, everything came out, which is is excellent for a ceramic. So really high quality ceramic, did its job, but what most people don't do is how does it taste, and we have the review uh, on the website. And I suppose for me, how did it taste, probably the most important thing was not the tasting notes. It was given the background and the debate to this release. Um, did it taste right? Did it taste like what it was saying on the tin? You know, was it correct? And I have to say, it took my time with it. Um, you can see an instant reaction um, on the the video footage as well. But you know, it was a it, it was a good. Um, impression but what i did was obviously i'm coming out the ceramic i wanted to give things a little bit of time so i stuck kept it in that bottle i put it aside for a couple weeks and then i came back to do the review um and you know perhaps maybe one day i'll get to speak to andrew Symington of edry and Signatory and actually say you know tell me about this release or tell me about some of your other glenn vores which would be great actually but to me it tastes right that's all I can say. It might be another distillery, you know, but in terms of its age, its character, what I get from it, it tastes like, it's definitely from that era, it tastes, it doesn't, you know, that could be very similar to the Glenvore we've posted a review of this week, you know. It has a lot of those characteristics. So there's a lot of interest in that. Um, I've sent... Um, angus a sample so maybe he might review that and talk about the background to it and obviously he's got strong links to um, Symington given the uh, whiskey sponge releases so perhaps maybe there might be a little more insight there which would be fantastic but um also let um uh, the doork lads uh, have a try and uh, because again they were interested that everybody knows about the ceramic bottling but nobody's actually gone as far as to buy it and open it and try it um but you know um phil had a taste and and phil agreed with me did not see it being out of place you know it seemed to fit so it's very interesting um i actually have a second ceramic so to me again further down the line i will keep some of the original one but when i come to open the second one i think it would be really good to compare um both uh pores from uh, the ceramics because you know if it is a fake of some kind you know the whiskies are bound to be different and not as good but i have to say that one i've opened i think that is what it is and um, happy to say so <laughs> until somebody else comes along with dna testing or whatever and proves me wrong but uh yeah it was it was a good feeling to try this it's always great to drink glenvore and um I'm very fortunate to do that on a, a regular basis at the moment. So uh, there will be more bottlings, more openings. Um, we have a couple of irons in the fire. But uh, for now, I wanted just to mention that one. Uh, and do watch out for some things coming on. Uh, and I appreciate probably taking up a lot of your time. And, you know, get involved. I'll put some links below. Um, tell us what you think. I have to say, uh, June... 2023 was the most popular month ever in the history of the website it was probably i'm not even saying it's not even close it was like double um in terms of traffic the busiest um time i don't know if that's maybe because there's a couple reviews there we've had some really good features of what happened but definitely a lot of interest and a lot of people checking it out so thank you um we'll keep it going and uh, yeah i'm excited to see what we have in the future um today brought a new logbook page new revelations i have got a couple things based on that logbook page i need to look into um but i think i know what was happening to the casks but i shan't spoil it for you but um yeah uh it's amazing good fun um so if you do have a little bit of time more than i have at the moment it do something about your favorite distillery you never know where it's going to take you but um thanks for listening and uh i'll see you for the next season uh maybe in a couple weeks um, we shall see and um some more revelations hopefully